From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that examines the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to take a look at how artificial intelligence and machine learning could change the way transportation companies do business. While artificial intelligence isn't new, it has become much more accessible in recent years as more data has become available, along with greater computing power at lower costs. As a result, we've seen a strong push by many technology companies to take advantage of AI and machine learning, and we're seeing that trend emerge in the transportation industry as well. The term AI tends to conjure up all kinds of images from movies and pop culture, but we're not talking about killer robots or Skynet from Terminator. What we're really dealing with here is software designed to help people work more efficiently and make better business decisions. But how will this move toward AI change the jobs of dispatchers, fleet managers, freight brokers, and other workers in this industry? We'll try to answer that question in this episode. On one hand, AI can allow businesses to automate simple but time-consuming tasks like rekeying information from freight documents, so workers can focus instead on more productive tasks, such as interacting with customers or drivers. AI models also can be designed to analyze data and maybe come to the same conclusions as a human worker, but do so faster and more efficiently while reducing errors. Beyond that, AI programs may be able to identify patterns and trends that a person never would have been able to spot on their own. And this automation will be fueled by more and more data from onboard sensors, telematics, electronic logging devices, and onboard video. To learn more about what the future may hold, We've lined up a couple of guests who are applying AI and machine learning to freight operations today. Later in the program, I'll speak with Ram Reganathan, Principal Data Scientist at Omnitrax, one of the trucking industry's largest suppliers of in-cab communications, telematics, and data analytics. But first, I'm excited to welcome Parker Holcomb, co-founder and CEO of Freight AI, a technology-enabled freight broker. Thanks for joining the program, Parker. Thanks for having me. So artificial intelligence and machine learning may still sound somewhat futuristic to some people, But as you know, many businesses are already using it today, and the transportation industry is no exception. So, Parker, I'd like to start by getting your overall assessment of the current status and future potential for AI and transportation. Why is AI a big deal for our industry? So AI is definitely uh, in its most recent resurgence, and and that's been due to a lot of convergence of cheap computing power, the ability for, uh, for new data. Um, to you know, be processed, but but there's not much new uh, about the techniques and you know algorithms that we're been using. The, the term AI was coined back in the 1950s, and um, you know it's gone through different uh, you know kind of uh, resurgences, uh, winters and springs, as they talk about it. Um, but today, uh, it's so accessible, and it started to actually drive people's bottom line. So uh, the reason that you may not see AI everywhere, or the reason that you might not say, oh, hey, what is this new technology is because it's familiar. So, you know, two different areas of of artificial intelligence and the the toolkit that we'll talk about. Number one is recommendation engines. So recommendation engines are how Netflix finds your next show to watch or how uh, Amazon finds your next frying pan um, to, uh, to sell to you. And so just like uh, 20 years ago, you would ask your friend, hey, what, uh, what movies should I watch? And he goes, well, I know you really like the Star Wars um, you know, flicks. And so you know, I think based off of my past experience and observations of you, Seth, you would really like 
um, the matrix. You know, so that was familiar to us. And so it's taking that personalized past data and that experience and delivering something to us that you know, feels familiar. Now, when we zoom out to our industry, which is one of you know, the most uh, you know, massive industries in the country and in the world, there's so many different points of data. And there's so many relationships that it's hard to keep them uh, you know, all straight. And so you know, historically, uh, an intermediary or a freight broker, they might know 20 or 30 different trucking companies, and they might know those preferences and behaviors. And so uh, they, in turn, can recommend, hey, I think you would be good for the uh, Pennsylvania to Miami route. I know you like to um, be at the Jags games, you know, in the fall. And you know, I, based off of our previous experience, can make this recommendation to you. And so, as we start to, to scale up and, and uh, you know think about uh, how many different options and how many different people, there's no no way that any one freight broker, any one human, can keep this all straight. Uh, to put it in perspective, uh, if there were ten trucks and 10 cities, that there would be 3,600,000 different ways to organize those resources. If there was 100 cities and 100 trucks, it would be a 132-digit number uh, of ways that you could organize. Now, fast forward to reality, which is 3 million trucks and millions of uh, you know, pickup and drop-off locations. No human could ever uh, you know, optimally make all of those, you know, different uh, different matches, or uh, check against all those preferences, or, or see, you know, where uh, you know people have been in the in the past, and so uh, the recommendation engine, the recommendation algorithms, you know, can take a lot of those past experiences, and you know, whether it's hundreds or millions or billions of data points, and cross reference it with current options and current opportunities, which again might be millions, billions, or uh, you know hundreds of billions uh, of options and say, hey, based off your preferences and what you like to do, I think that this could be a good match for you. So AI is particularly well suited for uh, this industry uh, because it's actually the most human-centered technology. The past three generations of tech, which have been you know, desktop, web, and mobile, those have been generations of technology where it's uh, asking people to speak computer. And uh, AI is a generation of technology where it's computers learning to speak human. And so it's not going to be this like, oh, hey, we just got taken over um, you know, by this new set of technology. It's here today. It's slowly approaching, but it feels familiar. And it's actually human-centered, um, which uh, you know, makes it feel like a, a more natural transition. Do you have Transport Topics on your smart speaker? Before enabling Transport Topics, make sure your Alexa app is connected to your Amazon Echo device and under your Amazon account. Open your Alexa app. On the upper left, click the menu button. Select Skills and Games. Search for Transport Topics. Click on the first option. Select Enable to Use. Simply say to your Alexa device, Alexa, open Transport Topics. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, you know, a little bit more about some of the core benefits of AI. Uh, you know, you gave your example of all the different uh, permutations of of ways that you might want to you know route trucks or uh, determine loads and, and shipments and and just figure all this out, all the all the many possibilities. But you know, one of the common threads uh, for for using AI is to automate 
you know, some of the mundane, repetitive tasks that uh, can be time consuming, but really aren't very uh, maybe mentally stimulating. Uh, and this, in, in theory, can help workers focus instead on more complex issues and get more involved in customer service. So I want to get your take on that as well. You know, how much of the value of AI comes from improving worker productivity by kind of relieving workers of some of the grunt work and, and repetitive tasks that are out there? I think it falls into two buckets. Yes, it, it's about um, you know, relieving you know, repetitive tasks and kind of those, uh, those low-hanging fruit. Um, you know, that's kind of uh, yeah, the repetitive bucket. But then there's also the superpowers bucket, right? The, you know, some of the algorithms today can make a better recommendation on what trucking company to use than 15 years ago, five PhDs sitting in a room for, you know, five straight days. And by the time they're done with their analysis, the, the information is, is over. So uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, about uh, enhancing the productivity of those workers, but it's also, it's not just removing the mundane, it's also giving them, uh, giving them superpowers. So, um, you know, an example of, you know, how, uh, you know, we do it here at, at Freight. Um, so let's talk about uh, dispatching a, a truck. So, um any legacy freight broker, traditional freight broker, the carrier rep should find when and where that driver is supposed to be empty. If it's 45 minutes away and an hour before pickup, that's a lot different than, you know, three hours away and a day before pickup. But you want to be able to check out and make that verification. So, you know, maybe uh, first step is you reach out to the dispatcher. Uh, you find out when and where they're going to be empty. Then you set a reminder to reach out at that time to confirm that was happened. Then the dispatcher says, oh, you know, let me check with him. I'll get back to you in five minutes. Then you have to set another timer for five minutes. Then they give you his uh, tracking info or maybe a phone number. You try to call once. You try to text. You've been spending 45 minutes thinking about this, and you don't know if it's a problem or you don't know it's okay. 45 minutes later, you finally get the driver on the phone. He says, hey, sorry, I was taking a shower. I will be at pickup in 15 minutes. So everything was okay, but you still spent 45 minutes trying to check and who to figure out and setting timers, when to follow up the appropriate time. And so um, what Archie does is like, you know, our internal, um, you know, uh, assistant, our co-pilot, he will know uh, that he needs to reach out at you know, 3.02 p.m. And reach out to the dispatcher if they say, hey, I'll get back to you in five minutes. Well, then Archie can usually follow up in six minutes and say, hey, just following up here. Uh, Archie can you know, get the uh, driver uh, tracking information, can send a text. And then you know, if it's still an issue or if it's outside the normal parameters of response time, Archie can pop up to one of our agents and say, hey, I've done X, Y, and Z, uh, but looks like we need to call the driver. Can I connect you? connect. Hey, was just taking a shower. I'll be there in 15 minutes. So that just took 45 minutes of meaningless nonsense work and shrunken uh, down to 45 seconds of a verification. And so, you know, the, the ultimate, you know, kind of dream of, of an assistant is it brings you decisions to verify rather than, you know, a problem to solve. So that's a, an example of, you know, it uh, shrinking down uh, you know, time and just taking what a human could do and, and doing it automated. But at the same time, there, there's, you know, other parts of a flow that a human could never do. So, you know, when we are reaching out or we're sourcing a new lane, um, a traditional broker might have 
a uh, hundred, a thousand people on their floor starting to make phone calls and they can make a hundred phone calls a day. Um, they're only capturing as much data, you know, as, uh, you know, as they want to before they move on to the next call. Well, you know, Archie with one person overseeing it can have a hundred simultaneous conversations per minute. And so, you know, a human can only focus on two, three things at once. Archie can focus on a hundred things at once, a thousand things at once, a million things at once, and then uh, can start to pull patterns out of those conversations. So say we're having a hundred simultaneous conversations over text message, email, EDI, whatever it might be, all these different communication channels. And you start to pick out these different patterns or behaviors or, hey, the response rate is usually um, you know, a minute and 30 seconds. The response rate right now is 20 seconds on average. What does that mean? Did we find, you know, uh, is capacity you know, loosening up? Did we find a, a great opportunity lane? And so those types of relationships and associations, you know, the best freight broker ever, um, you know, couldn't, uh, couldn't figure out. So it fits into two buckets. It fits into automation of low-hanging fruit, and it fits into superpowers and, you know, uh, PhD level, um, you know, expertise. And let's also take a quick moment to talk a little bit more about how AI could change sort of the, the daily, uh, jobs, uh, in the industry and, and just, uh, the day-to-day tasks that, that, uh, a typical worker might perform, say, uh, some of your employees versus an employee at a more traditional freight broker, you know, as we've been discussing, AI is really here to provide support for employees rather than, you know, simply replacing them altogether. Uh, but it's, it's just this, this tool that uh, can, can handle all this information and make decisions. And then the, uh, the worker is now essentially overseeing it and verifying uh, the conclusions. And uh, just, just how different will, will the jobs, uh, say, of a typical employee at a uh, at a freight broker change? Our target is to automate 80% of, of the process. Yes, there's the opportunities for you know advanced insights. AI is not gonna just make your life easier. It's actually gonna make your life harder. You're not gonna show up to work in two years and like just be sipping a coffee while um, you know, Archie does all your work for you. Archie's gonna be doing the, the low hanging fruit, the easy stuff, and you're gonna be stuck solving hard, complex problems, working on relationships, making tough decisions, um, tr- you know, weighing the trade-offs of what the customer wants versus what the carrier wants versus you know, an insurance company who recently got involved versus is a new company or a pre-existing. So you know, it's somewhat a, of a paradox here that it, it's actually going to make you know, all of our lives uh, a lot harder as we, uh, we try to keep up and, and still uh, you know, out-compete the uh, you know, algorithms. So really, we'll be doing more sort of strategic thinking and, and handling relationships rather than some of the more uh, mundane and, and... And what we're great at, you know, is, is balancing trade-offs and, and interacting with humans. And, and one of my you know, favorite things to think about is, you know, I still believe that there will be radiologists in 10 years. Um, they'll be using the best AI image recognition, you know, software. But, you know, once that, uh, you know, AI, uh, you know, presents it to a... Uh, radiologist, he'll have to weigh the needs of the patient, the insurance company, the you know consent of the the patient, the family, the hospital, and you know an algorithm is probably not going to appear in court either. You know it's going to be out there. You're going to be interacting with people. It's going to be a long, 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 long time before we have you know general intelligence that can hold a random conversation. 
Um, but there's a whole lot of opportunities to enhance our, our process and, and make you know our, our systems um, you know more efficient. And uh, before I let you go, I do want to ask you the you know the the typical crystal ball question. You know, where do you see AI in the transportation business, say, ten years from now? I think a, a primary uh, opportunity for, for AI will be to listen to all the needs across the supply chain. There will be billions of sensors uh, throwing out uh, different pieces of information from electronic you know, devices to sensors on manufacturing equipment, talking about inventory levels. And I think AI will be uh, the primary toolkit uh, that listens to you know, all of uh, you know, this internet of conversations and uh, is able to pull out suggestions and insights on how uh, you know we can uh, you know efficiently you know run our supply chains and and you know allocate our resources while you know humans uh, you know work on um, you know the the harder stuff the relationships and uh, you know moving things uh, forward. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. Uh, thanks again for joining the program and sharing your insights. Yeah, thanks so much. It was uh, a pleasure. Absolutely. Transport topics in one word. Authoritative. Knowledge. Outstanding. Reliable. We ask Transport Topics readers to describe us in one word. Informative. Informative. Integrity. The Bible. Authoritative. The authority. Transportation information, that's two, but I, I, I gotta have it both. Physically large. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's two words. Visit influence.ttnews.com forward slash say hello to find out what they're talking about. Next on Road Signs, we're excited to welcome Ram Ranganathan, Principal Data Scientist at Omnitrax, one of the trucking industry's largest technology suppliers. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. So I attended Omnitrax User Conference in Dallas earlier this year, and one of the big topics of discussion was how data and AI could allow fleets to begin making better business decisions based on cost per hour rather than cost per mile. And I thought that was a pretty interesting take, so I'd like to dive into that here with this interview. First off, why does it make sense for the industry to shift its focus toward time as the most important metric rather than distance? Um, so, I mean, let's talk about this huge problem that the industry is facing today. Right? You're, they're really struggling to retain drivers. Right? Uh, let's, let's take, for example, uh, you know, a, a rookie driver drives about an average 2,500 miles a week. Uh, and with all the harsh rules, let's say he drives maybe 70 hours uh, a week. And if the rookie is making 30, uh, 30 cents per mile, then he's just making $750 a week, which, which comes to about $10 a week. And then on the other side of it, we wonder why we are not able to retain drivers. Uh, so the miles might not be a good measure of you know, how, do we, how do we pay these drivers. So the other way, if you see, uh, if you paid these drivers by hours or then I think that is a much better way of uh, paying them. And it will also be in turn, a better way of retaining your drivers. Sure. Certainly from the driver's uh, standpoint, time is 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 money uh, as well, not just miles. And you think of uh, you know, driver detention time at uh, shippers and receivers facilities, uh, traffic delays, uh, weather conditions, and of course, just hours of service constraints uh, all add up in you know, simply the, the miles that a driver uh, travels doesn't capture all the work that goes into it and, and how profitable they can be. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we did an analysis a couple of years ago for one of the, um, one of the you know, a large 
trucking company in the Midwest. Uh, and the analysis that we did for basically detention time across the different, uh, you know, customers. And there was one, there was this just one specific retailer. Uh, we were looking at the data from January 2016 to September 2016. So it was like a nine month period. And at this one retailer, there was, you know, approximately uh, 12,000 hours of detention time for just that nine month period. And if you just put any any dollar figure to you know per hour cost, then you can see the amount of money that's being wasted just at that one uh, one location. And so it is it is a big problem, right? And you know you see the industry is picking up on it. And Omnitrax has uh, all of this data about you know uh, where the truck picks up uh, load from and where it's dropping off the load to. Uh, and we have enormous amount of historical data across U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Uh, and at, at each point or each geolocation, we can actually say, you know, this was the amount of time that was spent at that geolocation, which is a proxy to detention time. It could be, you know, uh, the context also matters because if it is if he's detained on a road or if he's detained on a highway, then that could be traffic. Uh, but if we actually know it is where he's loading or unloading, uh, then we can say it is detention. So we Omnitrax has a lot of data to do, do those kind of predictions. Yeah, and your your CEO Ray Greer at the user conference earlier this year did make the argument that uh, your company, with its uh, of course very large base of fleet customers, collects enough data at all these different locations, uh, pickup delivery locations, really across the. Uh, across the continent to calculate uh, detention time really for each individual site. Uh, do you feel like you're you're at that level now where uh, you can now just kind of look at this not just as a, you know, kind of a broad issue, but let's pinpoint, you know, the real uh, wait times at each facility? Yeah, uh, I can personally say because I work on that project uh, and, you know, there's lots of POCs, different POCs being built internally right now. And the results actually look really promising. Uh, we cannot, you know, exactly say that for all of the location, but for a large amount of the locations that Omnitrax has, I think we can confidently say, you know, we can predict that uh, detention time. Okay. And I also want to talk a little bit about truck parking. You know, this is another big issue that drivers are encountering these days. And we're hearing that drivers may have to spend some extra time at the end of the day just searching for parking. Or maybe they stop their day a little bit early because they know they can actually park at their current location and maybe they're not so sure a little bit further down the road. Uh, so that's also eating into time a little bit. So how can technology companies like Omnitrax start to get a handle on the time associated with just finding available truck parking as well? Um, yeah, I mean, right now you see, you know, different uh, companies providing these parking related apps where I say, you know, you in the next 10 miles, you have a parking spot with this many empty spots. Uh, but, you know, I think Omnitrax is, uh, with, with the, it has a unique perspective because it has the geolocation of the truck uh, from point A to point B. It also knows the hours of service um, involved, like how many hours does the driver have uh, on the day to how many more miles can he drive or how many hours can he left in this day that he can drive. Uh, and if you can, if we can add, uh, you know, locations of parking 
along the way if you know if you're able to enrich our data right so we have at a very minute level geolocation so the entire trip and one of the other projects that's going on is to enrich just these geolocations like a geolocation could be a highway it could be a parking spot it could be a gas station it could be a you know a truck stop it could be a loading unloading it could be a retailer it could be a distribution center so internally omnitrax is trying to enrich all of these geolocations uh, and once we enrich these geolocations meaning this geolocation is as a particular address and these are the businesses in this address then i think uh, these detention times or dwell times mean different things for example uh, if you know that this geolocation is a parking spot or a truck stop and if we say uh, you know this is how long trucks wait uh, then we can i think along the way say okay you have this many hours of uh, hours left in your day to drive and you are entering atlanta or a big city and you're not going to make it to the other side of the city and you might want to park here so i think omnitrax with the amount of data that it has and with the you know the various different data sources that it has in terms of uh, geolocation in terms of all these uh, rich uh, enriched geolocation and also hours of service i think we are at a good spot to say you know predict parking spot and also say this is a good spot for you to park okay and as we've discussed you know it's relatively easy of course to measure miles you know you, you know how far a truck will need to travel to make a delivery but some of these examples that we've gone over you know we see that time is much more uh, complex. It's it's harder to predict, but now with the data that's increasingly available, uh, we can start to understand things like detention time and, and traffic delays and uh, hours of service availability uh, to make better assessments of the actual time involved in making a delivery. So once you do have this reliable measurement for cost per hour, what can you do with that? I mean, do you see fleets choosing to accept or decline loads based on that time or even start pricing their services that way? Yeah, exactly. So the, the example that I gave uh, for the for the trucking company in the Midwest, uh, when they accept a load from this retailer again, they might actually say, you know, hey, we spend, you can give them specific numbers on this is how long we spend uh, in detention when we come to one of your um one of your uh, retailer, one of the offices, and we this is this is not something. So this is either you reduce the detention time, or this is how much we you need to pay us uh, to pick up this load and drop it off. So these are conversations that a trucking company can have with their customer and negotiate better rates, or even think about dropping that customer altogether to make you know the operations much more uh, profitable. Uh, so when you when you are equipped with this kind of data, I think they are in the customers. Our customers are in a much better position to negotiate the rates. Absolutely, and especially in an industry like trucking that operates on on pretty thin margins, you know, having that intelligence, that knowledge of exactly what is profitable and what isn't profitable, uh, is is really something that uh, uh, seems perfectly suited for for this industry. And I also want to ask you just how AI uh, will factor into these. Uh, cost per hour calculations. I mean, do you see this making it easier and faster to make all these kinds of kinds of determinations and calculations, looking at all these different factors at once, and, and the use of AI, you know, makes it so much easier than than trying to have 
uh, you know, a, a data scientist like yourself trying to, to crunch all the numbers and, and do this manually? Um, yeah, I think to some extent, you know, with the amount of, uh, you know, cloud computing uh, resources that we have and the powerful algorithms that we have, and also the most important part being, you know, the amount of good data that Omnitrax has, like the historical data that Omnitrax has. Um, this is something I think AI and machine learning can be, uh, will be able to uh, crunch much more faster and much more efficiently. And how else is Omnitrax using AI today? And how do you see that expanding in the future? Um, so we have been building predictive models, machine learning models for the last you know, decade or so. So currently we use it uh, in, in terms of predicting accidents. Um, so we can, do, we can predict accidents using uh, several different data sources. We can go to a customer, get all of the data they have, and build custom machine learning models for them. Or we can just uh, use just the hours of service data and build predictive models. Um, so some of the um, most popular products for us are, you know, predicting driver quits. Um, you know, drivers who will quit in the next week or in the next month, or drivers who will have an accident in the next week or next month. Um, the way I see AI and machine learning being used uh, in the future is, you know, you will see AI being used in pretty much every area of trucking, in safety, in operational efficiency, uh, in HR, where they're trying to recruit drivers. Um, you know, when you have so many applications coming in, you want to make sure that you get the right kind of drivers into your company who will fit your, uh, your company culture. If not, then that's going to lead to more attrition, right? Uh, so recruitment is another way uh, you can use AI machine learning. Uh, retaining drivers, which already Omnitrax does, is another way. Um, and with all of these dash cams coming into trucks, right, there's also going to be a lot of real-time predictions on you know, traffic sign violation, uh, traffic light violation, stop sign violation, uh, following too closely, uh, there's going to be a whole lot of additional critical events that can be generated using AI and machine learning, like computer vision, using computer vision and machine learning. Yeah, certainly a lot to, to look forward to in the in the years ahead. Uh, uh, so much is happening and, and there's so much more we can understand when we when use the, the data uh, the right way. Uh, you know, this has been a lot of great insight, uh, but I do think that's a good stopping point. So, Thanks again for, uh, for joining us, Ram, and, and sharing your, your thoughts on this. Thank you, Seth. When a Transport Topics reporter sits down to write a breaking news story, he or she knows that every word, every quote, every image matters. Across TT's more than 80-year history, some of the best journalists in transportation have dedicated themselves to getting the stories that this very large, very fast-moving industry needs to read with new media channels and programs that allow us to extend our reach and tell even more great trucking stories. Web, print, video, podcasting, all part of our repertoire, all part of our craft. Before we wrap up, let's take a moment to review what we've learned and revisit our original question of how AI will change jobs within the transportation industry. In the years ahead, it does appear likely that the day-to-day -day tasks performed by workers in our industry will shift to some degree as certain functions become more automated through the use of AI. But AI will not automate everything. 
Over time, computers will become more adept at performing repetitive tasks and analyzing data to recognize hidden trends, but they won't be able to build relationships with customers or talk to a driver who's having a rough day. The industry will still need to rely on people to handle the human interactions that are at the heart of our industry. And of course, people will still need to make strategic decisions and solve problems as they arise. But with AI and machine learning, transportation workers will have more powerful software tools to support them in their missions and hopefully help them take their businesses to the next level. That's all for season two of Road Signs, but season three is right around the corner. In the coming weeks, we'll be taking a close look at how fleets are making progress on the endless march toward greater efficiency and fuel savings. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.